My son, if you receive my words and treasure up my commandments with you, making your ear attentive to wisdom and inclining your heart to understanding. Yes, if you call out for insight and raise your voice for understanding, if you seek it like silver and search for it as for hidden treasures, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. For the Lord gives wisdom. From His mouth come knowledge and understanding. He stores up sound wisdom for the upright. He is a shield to those who walk in integrity, guarding the paths of justice and watching over the way of His saints. Then you will understand righteousness and justice and equity in every good path. For wisdom will come into your heart and knowledge will be pleasant to your soul. Discretion will watch over you. Understanding will guard you, delivering you from the way of evil, from the men of perverted speech who forsake the paths of uprightness to walk in the ways of darkness, who rejoice in doing evil and delight in the perverseness of evil, men whose paths are crooked and who are devious in their ways. And then join me in chapter 3, verse 13. Blessed is the one who finds wisdom, the one who gets understanding, for the gain from her is better than gain from silver, and her profit better than gold. She is more precious than jewels, and nothing you desire can compare with her. Long life is in her right hand, and in her left hand are riches and honor. Her ways are ways of pleasantness, and her, all her paths are peace. She is a tree of life to those who lay hold of her. Those who hold her fast are called blessed. Let's pray. Father, we would love for that to be said of us this morning, that we are blessed because we have laid hold of wisdom. But you know us, you know our foolishness, you know how easily we are deceived, how easily we are confused, and so we come... Needy, we come needy for your help. We uh, come needy for the work of your spirit that, that he would convince us that these words are life for us, that they are good gifts from you, that they lead us to what we need. And would you not only convince us of that, but would you clarify in our minds your truth? And would you open our hearts to receive what you are saying, to receive who you are through your Son and Spirit for us this morning. We pray it all in Jesus' name. Amen. I've been to the pharmacy a few times recently. Some of you know that. Our family has had a little bit of sickness. And at the pharmacy, I have discovered a major advancement in pediatric medicine. You see, back in in the ancient days, uh, when I was a boy, um, if you were lucky enough to get medicine, um, it tasted as nasty as possible. But now, when you go to the pharmacy to pick up medicine for children, they ask you, what flavor would you like? And then they give you a Baskin-Robbins-like smorgasbord of flavors to choose from for this medicine. Now, back when I was a kid, it was, you choked it down because it was for your good, dadgummit. Uh, but now it is, 
It is as if the, the pharmacy, pharmaceutical industry finally watched Mary Poppins <laughs> and, and found out that a spoonful of sugar helps the medicine go down. Well, the book of Proverbs understood that way before Mary Poppins. Because in this book, we are served the medicine of wisdom with sweetness. We are served, as one rabbi said, we are served a honeyed cup. Proverbs doesn't say, hey, here's wisdom and it's good for you, dadgummit, so take it. (laughs) No, it gives us a spoonful of sugar. It gives us a honeyed cup. You see, this book understands that we are creatures of desire. That what drives us in life, what is deepest to us, isn't our thoughts, it is our wants. It is our desires. And so the teachers of wisdom connect to our deepest desires and make them motivations. Motivations. For seeking wisdom. And we need that motivation. Because because wisdom involves words like reproof and discipline. Who wants that? (laughs) Wisdom will ask us to do things that we would rather not do. And it will ask us not to do things that we would like to do. Wisdom limits us. It challenges us. It confronts us. So why would we want that? Why would we want this pursuit that takes so much diligence, so much attention, so much effort and sacrifice from us? Well, the book of Proverbs isn't afraid of those questions. In fact, it welcomes those questions. And it teaches us that motivation is essential to wisdom. Motivation is essential to wisdom. And so let's look at these couple of passages that we read from chapters 2 and 3 this morning. And let's find two motivations for the wise life. Wealth and safety. So first of all, wealth. We should be motivated towards wisdom by wealth. Which doesn't sound like a very spiritual thing to say, does it? Aren't we religious types supposed to be above all of that? Not caring about riches and money and possessions? Well, I think it's a good goal for us never to be more spiritual than the Bible. And Proverbs knows about us that we are by nature treasure hunters. We are by nature treasure hunters. We are all pirates, in a sense. We are born longing for and looking for what is valuable. And we do that because we want to be valuable. We want to live lives of worth, and so we are born looking for things, for experiences that are valuable. But while Proverbs legitimizes and says that's a legitimate desire, the desire for value is a legitimate and a good desire, 
These texts do challenge our definition and our measure of what is valuable. Proverbs says we should want what is valuable, but then it challenges our definition and our measure of what is valuable. So understand, wisdom doesn't guarantee you material riches. Sorry. (laughs) If you read this book, you'll find that the wise, they sometimes have a lot, and they sometimes have a little. Wisdom does help us to manage and steward our resources well, usually for the benefit of others. But it does not promise that we will have a lot of resources. Sometimes you will have a lot. Sometimes you will have a little. And so wisdom does not guarantee immediate material wealth. That's not what this is saying. What this is saying is that wisdom is wealth. Wisdom doesn't necessarily guarantee immediate material wealth. Wisdom is wealth. So did you hear it there in chapter 2? Seek wisdom, not for silver, but like silver. And did you hear it there in chapter 3? Seek wisdom, not because it will get you the profit of gold, but because wisdom has a profit that is more than, better than, the profit of gold. Wisdom is wealth, and that's why we should want it. That's why we should want her. You remember how chapter 1 of this book begins with a name? It says, the Proverbs of Solomon, the son of David, the king in Israel. Well, when Solomon took over the throne uh, after his father had died, he has this remarkable dream. And God comes to Solomon, and he puts an offer on the table. He says, Solomon, ask me for anything. And that's all God says. He does not put any limit on this offer. He says, Solomon, ask me for anything. What does Solomon do? He says, I am... Immature, I'm inexperienced. This responsibility of leadership is it's too great for me. It's too big for me. And so, with this offer, God, let me ask you for a better army. A bigger treasure. No, what, is, what does he do? He says, would you give me understanding? Would you give me the discernment to tell the difference between good and evil? With the offer of everything on the table, Solomon asks for wisdom. Why? Because in that moment, he grasped what was most valuable. In that moment, he understood what true wealth was and where true riches lie. Wealth or wisdom is wealth. And that's why we should seek her. Now, why is wisdom so valuable? What makes wisdom so, such, such a wealth, so rich? Well, it's there in chapter 2, verses 6 and 7. We have to answer that what and why question with who. 
Wisdom is wealth because it comes from God. Wisdom is truly valuable, is most valuable because it comes from the mouth of God. He is the one who stores up that wealth for the upright. Wisdom is wealth because it connects us to the will of God. The value of wisdom is that it connects our life to what God most values, to what God desires for us. I know some of you share my love for the British comedy series Detectorists. You know this show? It's, it tells the stories of some very strange people living in rural England who spend most of their time with metal detectors looking for treasure. And they try to legitimize what they do as, as important historical research. But one character in a moment of honesty says, what we're really doing, all we're really doing is trying to find gold. We all just want to find gold. We're all detectorists. Maybe you don't have a metal detector, but we are all looking for gold. We are all looking for something that is of an inestimable value. And the problem is that we are so easily distracted. We are so easily distracted by counterfeit wealth, by counterfeit value. And the book of Proverbs wants to catch our eye. The book of Proverbs wants to catch our eye with the wealth of what comes from God. Wants to catch our eye with the gleam of God's wisdom. And it's not just the book of Proverbs. Did you hear the one about the guy who was wandering around the middle of nowhere? Maybe he had a metal detector, I don't know. But he's wandering around the middle of nowhere and, and he's in a field. And he stumbles across a treasure chest in that field. And he goes and he sells everything he has in order to buy that field. And his friends are like, you're crazy. That's a terrible investment. But they didn't know what he knew. He knew where true wealth was. And a king better than Solomon, Jesus says of that story, that's about the kingdom of God. That's what it is like to stumble across the kingdom of God. To come across what God wants. What God is doing in the world. To be connected to what God values. To what He desires. That's true wealth. That's true value. What do you value in your life? What is wealth for you? How do you define the word rich? 
Now, maybe you're still skeptical uh, because there's no real money on the table here. We just have this vague idea of value. And I'm still asking you, the book of Proverbs is still asking you to engage in the sacrificial life of pursuing wisdom. So the question is still there. Why should we want it? If it promises some idea of value, okay, maybe. But with no real money on the table, why should we want the wise Well, I want you to notice that these passages, they they move from value to protection. They motivate us towards wisdom, not just with wealth, but with safety. You are safe. That is one of the most powerful sentences in any language. And Proverbs understands that about us, how deeply we long for safety, and it connects to that desire. And so notice in chapter 2, verse 7, God is not only the treasure keeper, the one who stores up sound wisdom, but He is also a shield. He guards. He watches over. Verse 11 of chapter 2, these companion words of wisdom, discretion and understanding, they also guard. And watch over. The wise ones want us to want wisdom. Because wisdom is connected to safety. But to understand this safety, we have to see its connection to the metaphor we talked about last week. If you were here last week, do you remember? Central image in the book of Proverbs. What is it? It's life as a road. Life. As a path. And so notice here how safety is connected to that. This protection is protection for a path. And that's important because you need to understand wisdom isn't guaranteeing to the wise that nothing bad or painful will ever happen to them. That's not this safety. That's not what this is. This guarantee of protection is that the wise will be kept on the road that leads away from evil and destruction and that leads towards justice, righteousness, and goodness. That's why then in chapter 3, verse 17, it can say that the ways of wisdom are ways of pleasantness, ways of peace. That's why wisdom is not only a path, not only a way, but verse 18, wisdom is a tree. A tree of life. Which is a pretty significant feature of the landscape in the Bible. You see, the tree of life, it's all the way back there at the beginning, isn't it? God made Adam and Eve, and he put them in a garden And in the middle of that garden, there were two trees. There was the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And God said, don't eat of that tree. And then there was the tree of life. And God instructed Adam and Eve to keep that garden. The language of keeping is the same language of guarding and watching over here in Proverbs chapter 2. But they failed, didn't they? They allowed the threat 
the lie of the serpent. And they ate of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, which was an attempt to get wisdom apart from God. And what was the result of eating of that tree? Because they ate of that tree, they lost the other tree. God sends them east out of the garden, and he says specifically why he is doing that is that he is sending them away from the tree of life. You see what Proverbs says? You see what Proverbs does? Do you see what Proverbs says is the potential of wisdom? It is that that direction can be reversed. It is that we can be kept for what Adam and Eve failed to keep. It is that we can be put on a protected trail that will lead us back to the life God intends for us. That's the core motivation for wisdom. That's what we should that's why we should want wisdom. That's what we should pursue wisdom because she is the way back and beyond the life for which we were created. Frederick Law Olmsted is a name that most of you probably don't know, but all of your lives have been impacted by that name. Because he was one of the most influential founders and designers of the idea of city parks. He designed Central Park in Manhattan, Prospect Park in Brooklyn, and other iconic spaces in major American cities. His vision and design is why this, why Cascades Park, right across the road from us, exists. This idea and commitment to a protected green space with winding paths and trees and water features, ponds and streams and bridges and so on. And I'm convinced that we are attracted to his vision. We are attracted to these spaces because we are still longing Because deep in us, there is this memory of what God made us for. Peace with Him. Intimacy with each other. A shared mission of bringing His will to all of creation. And Proverbs holds out to us the possibility the potential of a city park life. The life of a protected space. A beautiful and winding path back to life in, with, and for God. But in saying that, I hope you can see That the teachings of the book of Proverbs, they aren't enough for that. And even if they were, we would never be able to get enough wisdom, to learn enough, to apply enough, to get back 
that life. So once again, Proverbs points beyond itself. And it points to that king who is greater than Solomon. That king who told us about the treasure of God's kingdom hidden in a field. The New Testament book of Colossians says of Jesus that in Him are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. The book of Revelation teaches us that He is our guardian. He is our champion. The Lamb that was slain, He is our warrior. And He guards us. He keeps us. He watches over those who belong to Him for the sake of Of a future. And in that future, he will sit on a throne. And from that throne, there will flow a river. And by that river, there will be a tree. A tree of life. For the healing of the nations. You see, the motivations for wisdom... The motivations for wisdom in the book of Proverbs are ultimately invitations. Not just to the way of wisdom, but they are invitations to walk by faith. In the one in whom are hid the riches of wisdom and knowledge. The motivations to wisdom, this call to wealth, This call to ultimate protection and safety. It is an invitation to walk by faith. In the one who drank the bitterness of your foolishness. Of my foolishness. So that we could drink the sweetness of God's wisdom. The motivations... Of wisdom are invitations for us to walk by faith in the one who hung on the cursed tree so that we could taste the tree of life and eternal blessing. Let the call of wisdom call you to Jesus. To what He has done for you. To what He has given to you. To empower you to walk this path. To taste this truth. Let's pray.